Welcome to Breadcrumbs. This is the prophetic journal of a girl who's more than happy to eat the crumbs off the master's table. If you're like me, then listen and be encouraged that even in the whispers and mere shadows, our God still speaks, and he has a lot to say. Back in November, I was taken into a vision of what looked to be a passport or what reminded me of a sports card, you know, where you have the picture of the player in the foreground with a colored background and all their stats listed. The vision was of me. It was my player card, my passport, but it wasn't filled with statistics and of the things that I had done. It was meant to represent what I would do, the new thing I was entering into. There was a militaristic quality to it, as though it represented my initiation into an army. The whole thing felt very solemn, very serious. I knew that it had to do with a consecration ceremony of sorts. The background was two shades of red, a lighter one and a darker one, and there was a large word written across the background clear with white lining. The word was Ahal, A-H-A-L, and I heard the word interface, but I knew the key was in that word, Ahal, and so I began to dig. The very first meaning that crops up for Ahal is to be clear and shining, to have brightness. Initially, it brought to mind a nickname that he has had for me for a while, Little Spark. But that word is only used one time with that definition in the Bible. And underwhelmingly, it shows up only in Job, where one of Job's frustrating friends uses that word to convey that the moon, it has no glory of its own. It has no shine. It has no brightness. I mean, he's not wrong. We know that the moon is simply a rock, and that the shining that we perceive coming off the moon is simply it reflecting the light of the sun. In the Bible, the sun is referred to as the greater light, while the moon is referred to as the lesser light. But like Job's friend said, it isn't even a light at all. It doesn't actually offer any light of its own. It simply reflects. What I soon discovered is that ahal is one of those words that in the Hebrew took on multiple meanings over time. The root of it, the truest meaning of it, is tent or tent dwellers. And while initially it's hard to make a connection between a word that's used for tent and a word that's used for shining, listen to Exodus 33. Moses used to take the tent and set it up outside the camp, some distance away. He called it the Tent of Meeting, and anyone who sought God would go to the Tent of Meeting outside the camp. Numbers 12. Then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance to the tent, and he said, Listen to my words. When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions, and I speak to them in dreams. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak face to face clearly and not in riddles, he sees the form of the Lord. Moses, this man who pitched a tent outside the camp so that he could meet face to face with his God. 
this man whose face would reflect the light of the presence of the Lord when he walked out of his tent. Wasn't Moses a representation of the moon that Job's friend spoke about? Moses with his face radiantly shining after he would leave from a meeting with his friend in the tent? Here's a quote I found about the word ahal. The verb's most essential concern appears to be with the transition from being nomadic to sedentary. A tent would be the center of a camp and the clan's most central hub. It would also be the place where thoughts were exchanged. In other words, the word ahal is about slowing down, to cease from running from place to place, to stop being so transient, and to actually put down some tent pegs into the earth and sit and speak with our friend face to face until our faces shine with his radiant light. To abide is to pitch our tent with the Lord until we shine the light of his presence. To abide is to ahal with the Lord until we ahal the light of his presence everywhere we go. The final meaning of that word is actually sweet-smelling aloes. Numbers 24 And Balaam raised his eyes, and he saw Israel living in their tents, tribe by tribe. And the Spirit of God came on him. How fair are your tents, O Jacob, and your tabernacles, O Israel, like valleys that stretch out, like gardens beside the river, like aloes planted by the Lord. This verse is remarkable because it uses two of the usages of ahal, both tent and aloes. How does this final meaning connect? To me, it seems that the Hebrew people understood that when we dwell in the tent of the Lord as a friend, our bodies, they interface with the spirit in a way that alters us spiritually. Presence, we tent, we tabernacle with him. Sight. There is a shining, a radiance, scent, there is a fragrance. To be with him is to be marked by him in all of these ways. Months ago, he showed me a vision of a tent, a canvas tent in the desert with its flap open. A little lion cub sat out front, and so did Jesus, and he told me, just watch. And I knew it was an invitation to tabernacle with him outside the camp, in the secret place, apart, consecrated. Now I know it was an invitation to ahal with him, and as I do that, I will take on his shine, and I will take on his scent. Over the past year, the Lord's been gently telling me that there's a parallel between me and the Jacob that wrestled with the angel of the Lord that restless, self-protective man. He dared to wrestle a blessing out of the Lord. It cost him his mobility. The Lord touched his hips and he was never able to walk the same way again. But what he gained was a whole new identity. What he gained was a passport into a new identity, the identity of a patriarch, the identity of a man who would now put down roots who would now pitch his tent and establish himself as a nation under God. At the time I received this revelation from the Lord of this correlation between Jacob and me, my right hip 
was causing me trouble. For months, it would ache every time I stood up, a deep, deep ache right in the joint. It caused weakness in my foot and my ankle. Oh, I heard him. I heard him loud and clear. Be strong in me, he's been telling me. Be strong in the Lord, mighty in his power. It is the season of tent dwelling, of entering through the open flap of the tent in a place set apart outside the camp, away from whatever everyone else is doing, away from the frantic busyness, the scurrying, the prepping, the fear, the distractions. It's the season of sitting and meeting with my friend as he speaks with me face to face. Where else would I go? Where else is better than that? Would I have found a way to choose this for myself without him touching my hip like he touched Jacob's? Without him forcing me to slow down and look at him face to face? I'm not sure that I would have. He pursues me. He pursues us. He will have us. What are the ways he's been calling you to stillness? What are the ways he has been calling you in through the door he's been holding open? In what ways has he been asking you to come on in and meet with him? And in what ways have you been resisting him? Come in a hall. If you want to interact with any of these episodes, if the Lord has spoken to you about similar things, then I really want to hear about it. This podcast has an Instagram account over at Mildly Prophetic. I'll put that in the show notes. If you hop over there, you can share the things you've seen and heard. You can ask me questions. Basically, you can add your breadcrumbs to mine. And if we gather them all up, then what a feast it'll be.